0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of his promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about President's Day. President's Day, a holiday here in the United States, when some of us get the day off. Others of us have to go to work. So, whichever uh, segment of the population you fall into, we do pray that you have a good day and that you focus on the purpose of the day, which is to celebrate, to give thanks for the presidents of our nation. In years past, we used to celebrate Abe Lincoln on one day and George Washington on another day. But uh, for some reason, whatever, those days were combined and always then. To be celebrated on a monday gives us a three-day weekend well give some of us a three-day weekend others of us just have to go to work i'm not complaining or anything but that's the way it goes uh, and of course we don't want to celebrate just washington and lincoln we want to celebrate all the presidents why leave anyone out as if they all were just as good as one another well i want to contend for you that george washington was very very special and we want to focus on george washington today I want to tell you uh, some things about his life that perhaps you don't know, some things that make him very unique, very special, not only unique as the first president, but unique in his character, in the way he lived, and in the way he was viewed by others around him. George Washington lived in the 18th century, so the 1700s and at at the time he lived at the founding of our country there were uh just numerous brilliant philosophers thinkers writers orators organizers that seemed to come together in the the early days of the united states Uh, you had people like ben franklin respected around the world and thomas jefferson uh just a just a brilliant thinker Uh, john and sam adams patrick henry alexander hamilton james madison all these uh just titans these founding fathers of our country who were uh, just brilliant people, often very, very well educated. The George Washington somehow uh, seems not quite as as uh, intellectual uh, perhaps as some of these people. He only had an elementary school education. Uh, he's not known as the author of any of our great founding documents. And yet at three major junctions in the founding of our nation, when a leader was needed, George Washington was chosen. Out of all those people, George Washington was chosen. He was viewed as the indispensable man, the American Moses, the father of our country. So I wanna go through those three times when George Washington was chosen as leader of our country. And then I wanna go through uh, four incidents from Washington's life that perhaps give insight on why he was chosen, what was so special about him, and what we might emulate about him today. So, let's start. The three incidents where he was chosen to be leader. June 15th, 1775, Washington was 43 years old. The Continental Congress was meeting in Philadelphia and they elected George Washington to command all the continental forces raised or to be raised in the defense of American liberty. And so his commission was as quote, the general and commander in chief of the United Colonies. Here's what's key about that um, election. To that position. That election to that position was unanimous. Keep that in mind as we continue. In 1787, so uh, what would that be? About 12 years later, so Washington is 55 years old in 1787, the Con- the Constitutional Convention is meeting again in Philadelphia all summer long, from May to September of that year. Thomas Jefferson looked around at the group of people who were there and said that that was an assembly of demigods. That was Jefferson's opinion. The intellectual talent in the room was amazing. Who was chosen as the presiding officer of the Constitutional Convention? The person with an elementary school education, George Washington. He was chosen, get this, unanimously for that position. That's the second time he was chosen as a leader and he was chosen both times unanimously. Two years later, is it any surprise when the nation was electing its first president that they elected George Washington as its first president? But guess what? You may not know. He was elected unanimously as our first president. Three times elected unanimously to positions of leadership amongst all those brilliant thinkers, leaders, people. Why was that? Can you imagine such unanimity today? I don't think today we could unanimously elect a dog catcher. And yet Washington elected president, elected to chair the Constitutional Convention, elected unanimously to be the general in charge of the military during the revolution. Why was that? What was it that people knew about George Washington? That pe- What was it that people saw in George Washington that they were willing to elect him unanimously as their leader? Well, let's go through four incidents from Washington's life and see if they don't shed insight on that. First one washington is young he's only 23 years old he's a lieutenant colonel in the french and indian war on july 9th 1755 there was a battle uh, which he led and in that battle washington's horse was shot out from under him now that happened to many people that didn't stop washington though he got up on another horse and kept fighting he kept fighting his hat was shot off in the battle can you imagine would you keep fighting your hat shot off and you keep going he kept going when the battle was done he examined his coat and he found bullet holes in his coat that he was wearing from the battle and yet he had kept fighting the people around him who fought on his side marveled at his leadership the people who fought against him marveled at how god had protected him that's what they said i'm not saying that that's what they said they viewed him as a man protected by god washington later wrote quote the miraculous care of providence that's how he referred to god The miraculous care of Providence protected me beyond all human expectations. Washington's reputation began that day. Well, many years later, 1783, so towards the end of the Revolutionary War, 1783, Washington is 51 years old at that time. This incident happened in Newburgh, New York. It's called the Newburgh Conspiracy. Uh, Newburgh is where I used to live. My kids used to go to school in Newburgh. In Newburgh, New York, towards the end of the revolution, uh, a rebellion was forming in Washington's army. Why? Because they had not been paid. Uh, The Congress, Continental Congress, had been unable to raise funds to pay them. So the army was restless. Uh, Washington's even fellow generals were restless and ready to overthrow him. Uh, His leadership in the army was definitely in question. A letter circulated among Washington's generals behind his back to have a meeting the meeting happened, took place. It took place on Mar- in March of 1783 again. General Gates, one of Washington's uh, highest lieutenant generals, opened the meeting. And as the meeting began, George Washington walks in. Everybody turns to look. And he asked to speak. And the stunned Gates gave Washington the floor, of course. He was his commanding officer. And Washington then gave a short but impassioned speech. It's known as the Newburgh Address. And he counseled patience with what was going on with lack of pay. His message was that the people in that room, his leaders, the people serving right under him, should oppose any effort to open the floodgates of civil discord, as Washington said, and deluge our rising empire in blood. And then he got out a letter from Congress to read to the officers. And he looked at it he fumbled with it and didn't speak. And then he reached into his pocket and took a pair of reading glasses out of his pocket, which the others in the room had never seen <clears throat> because Washington didn't wear them in public. And as he's putting the glasses on, he says, gentlemen, you will permit me to put on my spectacles for I have not only grown gray, but almost blind in the service of my country. And there was silence. The men realized how much Washington had also sacrificed for the revolution, as much as or more as any of them. And they were his fellow officers and they worked closely with him for many years. They, The council that day said that many were moved to tears by those words from Washington. And with that act and with the reading of the letter, the conspiracy collapsed, Washington left the room and there was a vote to reaffirm their loyalty to Washington and to the new nation. You can imagine Now that incident would enable people to say later, we want to elect this guy unanimously. The third event in Washington's life was really the topper of all toppers. Well, the fourth event might top it. I don't know, we'll see what you think. But later that year, this is the third event later that year, uh, the year of the Newburgh Conspiracy, 1783. uh, At the close of the year, December 23rd of that year, uh, the Treaty of Paris was signed. And on December 23rd, that Treaty of Paris, by the way, ended the Revolutionary War the United States, what would become the United States won the war, That was official. And on December 23rd of that year, General George Washington resigned as commander in chief of the Continental Army and retired to his home in Mount Vernon, Virginia. That was an astounding event. Washington's willingness to return to civilian life was an essential element that transformed the war for independence into a war that didn't create another monarchy, that didn't create a dictatorship. Many in Congress would have made Washington dictator, would have gladly made him king of the new nation. But that resignation of Washington from being general and going home to civilian life was crucial in the founding of a republic. That was uh, it showed incredible modesty, incredible deference, incredible willingness to say, you know, we've been fighting for all these years for a republic. And I am not going to destroy that republic now, even though I have a chance to do it. I have the opportunity to destroy the republic, even in its infancy before it even was born. And yet Washington chose to return home. It was an amazing, amazing act of humility. And um, well, that's why he's revered the way he is. That's why he was chosen. Can you imagine unanimously two years later to be president of the United States, the first president? Our fourth event happens at the end of those two terms of office. George Washington is now about 65 years old, and you won't be surprised at what happened at the end of those two terms, because if you know history, you know Washington only served two terms. But for the second time in his life, Washington gave up absolute power. He could have easily run for another term. He would have most likely been elected again, even though opposition to him had begun to grow. It always happens when you're a politician. But he gave up what could have been a position for life. A dictator for life, to be king for life. He gave it up. It was unique in the world in, I would think, 2,000 years. His inspiration to give up power, it turns out, was a guy named Cincinnatus. Cincinnatus was a Roman farmer over 2,000 years before Washington, a Roman farmer who left his farm to lead the army that saved Rome. And then he returned to farming in 458 BC. 458 BC, over 2,000 years before Washington. Washington had to go that far back to find inspiration for what he was doing, giving up power. And in so doing, George Washington gave us a republic, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. It was miraculous what Washington did. George Washington was not perfect. That's not the purpose of this podcast, to lift him up as a deity. But in this day and age, when it's become popular sport to go back and relook at our heroes and throw away all the good and remind ourselves of all the bad, it's important that we have a corrective to that. If you search through all of history, you'll find that George Washington did some things wrong. Of course you will. He was a sinner like me, like you. But this podcast is here to contend that you will also find in George Washington a man whom God raised up for that hour in history a man who was admired by friend and foe alike, a man whom God used to give a start to the greatest nation that has ever been. Did he have warts? He did. Do we have warts today the United States? We do. We should expect it. We're all sinners. Right now we got over 300 million sinners as part of the United States. But what is unexpected, what was miraculous, is that a republic like the United States should have been born in a world of kings and despots. What is miraculous is that a nation that has done more good for more people in the world than any other nation should have come into existence at all. And for that, we have God to thank. So on this President's Day weekend, at least this one weekend of the year, we should have God's work through George Washington, for which we should be grateful. Well, that's what we got for you today on the podcast. I hope that uh, it gives you something to give thanks for, gives you something to pray about and rejoice about on this President's Day weekend. We want to thank you for listening. We want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of this podcast. What president is your favorite in the history of the United States? Uh, Let us know other topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast. Remember as we close that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast.